0: young people can lead and can have perspectives and um, and talents that are worth like having somebody in a leadership position and while there's there's always you know parts of experience and parts of like having years in an industry that will help you be a better leader be better at your job I think that just that 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 this qualifies young people sometimes and young people while they might not have that experience they can have a lot of other skills that they can bring to the to the table
1: Welcome back to the Thanks Coach Podcast, where we talk about lessons learned from life's many coaches. After a short break, we're back and I'll be bringing you more interviews with people that I think are absolutely crushing life. Today, I am joined by Emily Barsky. Emily is currently the editor for the Business Record and is using her skills to get stories out that will make a positive impact in people's lives. I first met Emily back when she was the editor-in-chief at the Iowa State Daily. Emily is one impressive woman, but I really enjoyed the perspective she brought to our conversation about how starting certain tough conversations is the key to creating change. And she is certainly doing that. Here's episode 11 of the Thanks Coach podcast with Emily Barsky. Okay, cool. Well, thanks for coming on. Thanks for making time. Um, It has been a while since we have talked. So uh, this will be fun to catch up and and see what you're doing right now.
0: Yeah, I'm excited.
1: (laughs) Um, So let's start now and then we'll slowly work back to to when our paths crossed back in the day. Um but so what give me just a rundown of what you're doing right now for work, what your your title is, what your role is, all that good stuff.
0: Yeah. So I'm living in Des Moines right now. Um I've worked at the Business Record for uh going on 2 years in August, so I guess it's been like a year and a half now. Um and when I got there, my title was associate editor and then that changed to um, editor a few months ago at the start of um, this year. And so basically helping kind of lead the newsroom and anything um, anything that we do that relates to content, um, editorial content, I help with um, and help lead. So. So that's basically, I mean, that's basically it in a nutshell, but the business record does is, it's kind of different from other news organizations in that we just have so many different kinds of products because we have the news, we have the weekly newspaper and we have, um, digital products and then we have events and magazines. So we kind of have a lot of stuff all over the place. So
1: nice. Um, and just for everyone listening, how old are you?
0: I am 24. Nice. (laughs) I've forgetting my age the last few weeks. Like I've been asked my age a few times, and I'm like, is this me I'm getting older that I just don't remember my age anymore, or what?
1: (laughs) Oh, it happens to me all the time, Um, especially the fact that I'm still in school and still competing in track and around freshmen who are 18, and I'm like, I am so old compared to you guys. (laughs) Uh, um, All right, so I asked that because of the article you just wrote and i just read um a week a week ago or so um and what really sparked me wanting to get you on here is titled young women can and are leading um so the fact that you're 24 and in that role but um can you just summarize that article if that's even possible to do that quickly and um yeah we'll just start with that
0: yeah um I guess I guess the biggest thing to me is that people really understand that young people can lead and can have perspectives and um, and talents that are worth like having somebody in a leadership position. And while there's there's always you know parts of experience and parts of like having years in an industry that will help you be a better leader, or be better at your job. I think that just that 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 disqualifies young people sometimes and young people, while they might not have that experience, they can have a lot of other skills that they can bring to the, to the table. And so, yeah, when I wrote it, I just wanted to kind of talk about my own experiences. And I think then like when you couple that with like some of the, some of like with sexism and some of the other things of, of just like lack of confidence that um, sometimes is associated with women, I think that's, it just all kind of um, comes together and was just something that I was, I felt really like passionate. I've always felt really passionate about it and I just wanted to write about it and and I don't really I don't really write about myself very often because I'm writing about other people. So it felt it felt really strange, but it was it was nice to get it out there.
1: Yeah. I I mean I thought it was really cool and also learned some things about you that I didn't know before. Um so can we talk about just some of those things with your experiences? Um I think the one thing did you, you graduated with an associate's degree
0: mm-hmm. before
1: you were in college? Yeah. So, so <laughs> well, I my, guess you were in college, but yeah. So
0: yeah, my, my associate's degree, um, I think it was the graduation for, for that was like three weeks before the high school graduation. So it was weird. <laughs> my first, I mean, obviously you have like a kindergarten and preschool graduation, but the actual graduation that I remember first was from the community college and then the high school a few weeks later. So
1: That's so crazy. crazy. What, what led to that, that desire to want to get that when you were in high school? What did you have like this big plan and you're like, this is the first step to getting ahead and achieving this, or were, were you just always driven academically that way? Or, um, and we'll get to the fact that you're in swimming, all that stuff at the same time in a second, but, um, where, where did that come from?
0: Yeah. I think the biggest thing was I absolutely love Stuart Scott on Sports Center, And I was like, yeah. I want to be Stuart Scott. You know, I, I loved that. Um, and obviously I don't, I don't in any way have the same identity as, as him, but he brought, he brought his like, his own human identity into how he talked about sports and the stories he did on sports. And I really loved that. And I was like, well, if I want to work for ESPN someday, then I better get, get going on like, I'm <laughs> like taking broadcasting and doing that kind of stuff. And, um, and so that's really why I started. And once I got to Iowa state, I ended up deciding that um, I didn't really want to do sports journalism, but still like that. I, I still have, I still love watching sports and, and reading sports journalism, but, but that's kind of what, what started it and I went to um and I I also hate um when people say like well that hasn't been done before and 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 having that be the reason that that someone can't do something and I think it was in like 8th grade somebody said like well nobody's nobody's ever graduated with a, an associate's degree that was like specific to a certain area so I was like well I'm going to do it in broadcasting then <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's so cool. Um, so what's do you have a long term goal now, since you don't want to be on sports anymore? Um, what what's the What's the big plan?
0: Yeah, well, I guess i've I've kind of learned that over the years and like over time that that can shift. So I've tried to like just narrow it down to like something very concrete that I always want to do. and i I've, I've narrowed it down to like, I, I just want to make a positive impact. That's all that I really care nice. about. and and I feel like that's something that can change like, how I do that over time, but that's really, like, that's really the biggest goal, and, and doing community journalism really, like, reflects that, because you get to tell, tell stories, and raise awareness about things, so that people can make, you know, better decisions, and can, and can do really cool things, and so it ties in with, like, both my passion for communication, and, and for making a positive impact, but I specifically really like what I do right now with um, business journalism, because, I think people um, don't always, don't always realize that um, with what we do, we get to talk to some of like the most influential people in our community who, who have both the resources and, and the, the really like the, the vision to see how they can like take that information and actually make action and, and, and do things with it. So that's, what's really cool about what we get to do.
1: Nice. I think we could end it right there and I'd be be happy with this podcast already. Um, yeah, that's just, and I see, I see so many parallels with just the way I am thinking and planning about the rest of my life of just like what you said about just making a positive impact. Um, I just think it's so cool how you're taking your passions and finding a way to do that because there's so many ways. I think that's where a lot of, like looking back at my younger self and like a lot of my friends where a lot of people go off the rails there's like you get these ideas that making an impact means you have to do this like grand like super big thing but it's not always I mean you can make impacts in so many different ways um so now we'll start digging back into the past a little bit um your time at Iowa State um and this will be a first for me cuz I don't really know how all that went, but um, let's just start with getting involved with the daily, and then what that journey through college looked like working there.
0: Yeah, Um, well, since I, since I knew that I really wanted to do journalism, and had, um, like, gotten the associate's degree, I decided the summer before um, starting at Iowa State that I was going to try out the daily during the summer, since I knew that I would be able to, to try it out without like the weight of starting college and all of, all of those kind of feelings and experiences. And since Marshalltown was close enough to Ames, I just, I think I did like eight stories that summer before Iowa State. And it just helped me kind of, kind of realized you know what it was about it also sort of like humbled me because I remember I turned in my first story and I had one source and and the editor was like you can't turn in a one source story (laughs) and so it was both humbling and and it helped like show me like yeah I really do like I really do like uh, writing and and newspapers Um, and because I had worked that summer then uh, that my freshman year I got asked to be the special sections editor right away which wasn't which wasn't that typical. Um, so it's, it's sort of like, it was kind of like a domino effect between all of these things that it just kind of led to one thing after another, but it sort of just helped me realize from the start that I really liked the leadership side of things.
1: Nice. Um, and then what was your title when you graduated?
0: So I was, I was editor (coughs) in my junior and senior years, both. So,
1: Yeah. (laughs) Top top dog, right? That's, that's the top at the top within it.
0: Yeah. And I, and it's kind of, it's kind of funny because I, when I, even though I, um, had started in broadcasting, when I got to Iowa State, I was kind of thinking like, maybe I want to do nonprofit stuff. And so I was, I was kind of just doing the daily at first to, to get like writing experience and communication experience. And then um, I was like, "Well, I really like leadership, so maybe I should try this out just for, to have training as a leader." And um, and then our advisor was like, "Well, you should do a, a journalism internship just to give you experience for that." And then when I, once I did that, I was like, "Well, this is this is it. This is what
1: I want to do." So, yeah. That's cool. Um, so we met. Um, I don't even remember the name of it or whatever, but we went on that, like, retreat, which was essentially for, like, leaders within the Iowa State community and different clubs and roles and all the different stuff, Um, which I think is so cool looking back on it now and talking about this stuff of, like, what a cool idea of getting those people who have influence over their respective areas on campus and I guess first off introducing them to each other and building connections there but be able to grow together and bounce ideas and learn stuff in the process um <laughs> so i always laugh thinking about it now me and mary kate were the two athletes that came on behalf of the student athlete advisory committee um and that was kind of a uh, we were the ones that got stuck going to it nobody wanted to come Um, on that and everybody else had some reason to get out of it besides us too so we had to go Um, but then ended up leaving with so many new connections um, and then led to to getting to know you and other Emily and um, and then the article you ended up writing about me which I was reading right right before this and having major flashbacks Um, yeah so I guess I don't really have a question (laughs) coming out of that but what was, what was your side of that experience?
0: Yeah, I think, yeah, I I totally forgot about the retreat. <laughs> you know, you just yeah. mentioned it, but yeah. I, think, I think I kind of felt the same because I'm, I'm definitely an introvert. So I was like, why do I want to go to be with this group of people that I don't know? And it was actually really awesome. And I feel like I learned, I learned a ton from it. And I think, I think um, at the retreat, I just I can't remember there was like there was some game, but you you mentioned um you had mentioned something um about kind of just the perception of like of of athletes and kind of how there's people can kind of put athletes in a box, and I was like that. Should have a story about it (laughs) and so i i think that's kind of um what led to it and i i think it was in uh deb gibson's feature writing class and we had to do a profile Mm -hmm. and and so it was both for the daily and for for the class but i was like this this will be this will be great to like to do a story on so yeah um
1: yeah i think it was like one of those games i think we're all dreading where Like we went around a circle and like all introduced ourselves and what we were part of. And then like it it split off into getting to know each other more. But um, yeah, I guess that's, that's really cool for me to hear looking back on it Um, because that is something that was always so close to my heart and what I was passionate about was, I mean, obviously you have a lot of athletes on campuses that are idiots and and get a bad rep for everybody. And um, those are the stories that, that everyone reads about more often than not. But um, there's so many unique stories within the athletics community and not to say that there aren't elsewhere as well, but um, with the platform that athletes get, I just wanted, wanted people to understand that a little bit more. And um, you taking that chance made a, made a cool impact in my life and was able to share that with some people. So um, yeah, thanks for, thanks for that looking back on it and um, yeah, cool cool so connections it's, made
0: it's it's still definitely one of my favorite stories that i've ever written because it was it was i think it's i mean like your your story really speaks to that everyone has a story and that um the labels that we might put on people that it's not that everyone has everyone has like there's more to it than that <laughs> and so i think i i think that's one of my favorite parts about
1: writing it so reminded me um actually in Dr. Wilgenbush's class where I started my blog that led to this podcast um we had to come up with like a couple stories that I never published any of them but the first one I think I titled the red backpacks which was essentially what you ended up writing about but I did a much poorer job (laughs) of, of getting into it but yeah that idea of I mean, if you're on the Iowa State campus, you saw the red backpacks or the red sweats or whatever it was, and you just immediately identified what that meant about a person. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that was cool. Um, I want to jump back to what you're doing now. Um, And I don't know how much this involves you, but the um, fearless campaign section of what you guys, whatever you'd want to call it. what What's that all about
0: yeah um so basically the the really like essential goal behind it is to empower Iowa women and um we we realized that even as a business publication, we often focus on like work and 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 professional settings, but we we realized to really do this justice, we had to show um work in life. Both together because especially with, especially with like underrepresented people, what's in, impacting them in their life is, is they're bringing it to work and, and vice versa. So we felt that it was really important to kind of show both of those sides and, and to show that how it's not there, there really isn't sides to it. It's just, it's just a part of people's lives um that what they experience at work and and the things that they experience in life so that was that was really the goal the company has always been really um really invested in empowering women but we we just wanted to do a lot more with it and so that's we we worked a long time on um on kind of figuring out what it should look like and then we launched it in november and um a few months before that um Emily blowbaum was doing some um like part time work for our company, and we we just loved the way that she tell tells stories and we thought like this will be great to have her help lead this so she's so she's now the um the fearless editor, which is the coolest title ever <laughs> yeah,
1: that's awesome um <clears throat> gosh, that makes me proud to be an Iowa that all this is going on um I did a podcast with coach erica Douglas. um who runs she plays, which is dedicated to um female athletes and coaches and empowering them in that role and um that's what when I was reading this article and and looking into all that stuff, I just thought like how cool it is that first off that I know the people that are that are pushing to to make these changes happen and um help educate people on on all these issues that are important um yeah, it's just it's needed. And I think really exciting that, that you're a part of it, especially at a young age.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's exciting. And the, one of the things that we are really trying hard to do is to make sure that it's like inclusive to anybody that wants to be a part of it. Cause I think sometimes when we talk, when um, we talk about women's issues, there's not always like men brought into the conversation to be a part of it. And so I think that's, that's really been a big goal is like how do we get everyone to be a part of it and and realize that helping solve these issues helps everyone
1: so um if i could just pick your brain on then on that then real quick how how are you guys going about that what is your strategy for getting people involved
0: yeah well the biggest thing from the start has been just the, the language of, of, of making sure that in any of our events and things like that, that we have in our core values, we talk about how we believe that women's issues are everyone's issues so that we, we want everyone to be part of the conversation. So we've really we've really been like strategic about that from a language standpoint. And then we also have just have invited um, men in for, for different reasons. Like we had for just like one example, we had um, some some male leaders in the state talking about what what role men can play in being allies to women and how they can specifically do that within the workplace so it was that was just you know one example and, and then um, Emily did a really cool story on paternity leave and um, and how that's um, often not looked at as a feminist issue but it, it it completely is because it establishes from the beginning the role that each parent plays so. So we've been trying to look at um, things through a really intersectional lens and just to make sure that everyone sees things and feels like they can um, learn and, and get value from
1: it. Wow, that's cool. Um, what do you have? I mean, I know this is going to be a, a very broad and big question, but do you have a favorite story or project that you've worked on Um, since college yeah
0: (laughs) oh that's that's tough I think I mean there's there's a lot of projects like the business records doing a ton with social justice in general right now so that's probably the the biggest area but I guess a totally unrelated project is in, um, in Marshalltown. So I worked there a year after graduating and the tornado came through <laughs> the, uh, my 10th day on the job. And so, wow. uh, for the one year anniversary of the tornado, we made a newspaper and a publication that went out to every resident in Marshalltown, regardless of if they were a subscriber. And it just took like a huge um, effort to do that and to, to tell the stories and to tell, um, to tell Marshalltown's story of recovery. So that was just super fun because it was my hometown and because it was just, it had been a really long year and to get to you know, help kind of the community come together that day was cool.
1: That is really cool. Um, Do you have a favorite memory from the Daily in college? Oh, that's
0: also (laughs) tough. Um, (laughs) I would say going to the the Liberty Bowl was really fun. Um, We all kind of traveled down together, and I was the only one that didn't cover the game. So I um, got myself a ticket to just go while the rest of them were covering it even though like the week leading up to it, I was helping cover some feature stories. And my, uh, my ticket that I got was accidentally in the Memphis section. <laughs> so, oh no. but Luckily I was right next to some, like this family that was super nice and accepting of me. <laughs> and they weren't mad that I was cheering for Iowa State.
1: So. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. Um, um, all right, I was just going to ask before we got done, um, if listeners wanna check out that article I was talking about, um, look into some of the other fearless stuff or, or just keep up with what what you're doing. Um where can they find that stuff? Um internet, social, all that would that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah. Um the best way is to go on our website which is fearlessbr dot com and um you can sign up for our newsletter on there. It's a weekly newsletter and we try to do a really good job of like Containing everything within the newsletter that we um, publish. So, if people see that, they'll see pretty much everything that we're doing with the initiative. So,
1: awesome. We'll move um, into my final questions here. Um, I ask everybody these same three questions. Um, and I'll give you some time to think about each one. Um, but so, the first one is What are you learning from? and oh what are you learning and who are you learning it from um and i guess i'll I'll preface before we start with the answers that these questions um go along with the theme of this podcast of the the people or whatever that you're learning from it doesn't have to be a person um it can be anything in your so person place thing event whatever it is um so what are you learning at this time in your life and who or what are you learning it from?
0: Yeah. I feel like I'm always learning from people at work and from like people that I'm close to that just, just in general, you know, life, life lessons. But I think one of the things that I'm really trying to do right now is, um, just a lot of reading about specifically, um, like written by people that have different identities than me. Um, I've I've been really interested in like books about um, racism, as well as um, people with disabilities and and kind of like and kind of their experiences, and it's been it's just been really eye opening. Even even as I, I love learning um, and and it's interesting sometimes too to have that like un, but learning is also uncomfortable. I guess is what I'm trying to say. And so I think I think that's been interesting too. Um, to realize that it's not necessarily bad to be uncomfortable. It's actually a good thing. And, um, and that's, and that shows that you're learning, but in the moment, it can be like, this isn't fun. (laughs) Um, Yeah. But but that's, I think those are, are the biggest things right now.
1: Nice. Um, Okay. So then next one, who are you teaching and what are you teaching them?
0: That one's, that one's definitely tougher because I think I don't know I, I don't know if people always um, I don't know if people always tell you that you're teaching them, mm-hmm. you know I think that's yeah. that one's hard, but I, I guess my hope is that I'm um, teaching um, especially um, people at at work. I hope I'm you know teaching them to always kind of keep in mind. That people have different perspectives and different identities, and it's our job to always keep learning so that we can share um, people's stories that are different from our own. And I also feel like one thing I've really tried hard to do in the pandemic, because we've been working remotely, is um, is to just, just try and keep things light and humorous. <laughs> and mm-hmm. um, I've like on random days I'll just tell jokes in our in our morning meetings and stuff like that. And I think. I think people have really needed to to see, like, to learn that even in, like, really tough times, we do have to take care of ourselves, and we do have to um, laugh, I th- and I think that's undervalued sometimes.
1: Nice. Um, yeah, I love that question, because, like you said, people don't always tell you that, that you're teaching them, um, but it goes back to the heart of what I was talking about earlier is that we all have some sort of influence and impact on other people. And um, I think sometimes it's great to stop and think about the different areas where maybe you are impacting other people and, and figure out what you're teaching them right or wrong or good or bad and making sure that's good. Um, All right. So the last question, who has been your biggest coach in life?
0: My dad would get mad if I said my mom and my mom would get mad if I said my dad. Um, so, but I guess my parents in general have been my biggest coaches. I'm um, just in which neither of them are involved in communications at all. And beyond them being like really active news consumers, I don't really know where I came from, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but, I, but just the, I guess like the values of work ethic and and um, in treating people with respect and having a positive attitude and just like resilience and keeping going is definitely stuff I've learned from them so probably yeah probably them and um, because they've supported me through all all of the areas of life and then I feel like there's specific people that have helped in in certain areas
1: awesome Um, yeah well that's all I got now it's my turn to say thanks coach to you Mm-hmm. Um, just for the impact that our short times that our passive cross have has had on me. Um, first off, you gave me that platform um, back in college, um, or I guess increased the platform that I had um, and at the same time gave me the awareness of um, how big my platform was and how big um, I could continue to grow it and the impact that I could have Um, just with my actions and what I do on a daily day-to-day basis. Um, So thank you for that. But then also just as I've gotten along since then and just following along with what you're doing, um, you're one of those names on Facebook. When I see an article, um, I click more times than not because I I have a feeling that it's going to be good and challenge me in some way. Um, And I'm just so impressed with um, all of your answers tonight and just how you continue to to push yourself and grow and um find uncomfortable ways to learn and make a positive impact in one way or another um and what you do on a day-to-day basis so thank you for that thank you for being awesome and thanks for coming on my podcast
0: yeah thanks it's been a good conversation lots of yeah think about
1: (laughs) yeah absolutely Thanks again for joining me today on the Thanks Coach Podcast. Be sure to look into what Emily is doing with the Fearless Initiative. If you don't want to listen to me drone on about all the basic stuff you're supposed to say at the end of a podcast, this is your time to escape. But please give us five stars, subscribe to us so you see new episodes, and reach out with any ideas, things you learned. Or, if you even made it this far and you tell me about it, I'll send you money to go buy an ice cream cone. Hope you join us again for our next episode. But until then, keep finding those coaches and learning every day. Oh, oh,